Hey guys, before we start the show, we wanted to take a second and make a special announcement. We just wanted to say happy birthday to our good buddy, brother in broadcasting, Mr. Aldo Poe. Aldo, thanks for constantly coming on the show and spending time with us and uh, just having a good time and being our friend. We super appreciate it. We hope you have a wonderful day and we look forward to having you come on the show as long as it's around. Have a good day, buddy. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the WhatCast. Let's just take a second here to listen to my shitbag gardener who seems to clean around my apartment complex 24 hours a fucking day, seven days a week. Let's listen in. Ah, now I don't hate all gardeners, just this one. Just this asshole. Anyway, this week... We talk about some weird, mysterious murder cases, as well as the creepy-ass letters being sent to a family after purchasing your home sent by somebody calling themselves The Watcher. So we hope you guys enjoy. Thank you for listening. Everybody have a great week. So tonight we're going to talk about weird cases of murder. Mystery murders. (laughs) Mike, the one that you talked about earlier that that you're going to cover, you've mentioned it before on another show, but didn't go into great depth about it. But I'm definitely interested in hearing what you got on it. Yeah, the the Ketty murders. They were a a really weird case. And this is a case that is, uh, it's kind of been incorporated into the creepypasta thing a bit. But it is a real case that happened, and a lot of people get confused about that and think it's just like one of those creepy, made-up internet stories. I can see that happening easily with how yeah, this, yeah, the story goes. Yeah. Basically, the story is uh, based around this, this city. Well, I shouldn't say city. It was a small resort town in Northern California called Ketty. There were these cabins set up throughout the resort, um, and these murders took place at cabin number 28. And basically what happened was this woman, Sue Sharp, and her five children had been renting the cabin. Um, they, I think they had been there about six months or so, maybe a little longer. The night of the murders was April 11th in 1981, and Sue was home with her daughter and her two younger sons and one of their friends named Justin Smart that, that becomes relevant later, but Justin Smart was staying with them for the night and her oldest son, whose name was John had spent the day in a nearby city named Quincy with his friend Dana. And they were last seen in town hitchhiking to get back home. Apparently. And it's not known whether or not they came home while the murders were in the cabin or if the murders happened shortly after they arrived home. 
But what had happened was at some point, John, Dana, and Sue were murdered. Their youngest sister, uh, her name was Tina, she was there and she was taken from her bed and she was gone. They, they didn't know what happened to her. Oh, wow. Uh, but they ended, they ended up finding, they got an anonymous call. I think it was three or four years later saying that they would find parts of her remains, uh, and cat some, some area. It was another resort, camp resort area, uh, that was about 20 miles away. And the police ended up finding part of the skull, a jawbone, and a few other bones, and were able to confirm that it was Tina. And they determined that, I don't know exactly how forensics works, obviously, but um, based on what they found, they were able to determine that she died either the night she was taken or the day after. But they don't know how she died. But the bodies were found the next morning by Sue's oldest daughter, uh, named Sheila. And she had been sleeping next door at her friend's house in the cabin next door. And she came home the next morning and found the bodies on the floor. And they were bound, all the bodies were bound with medical tape and electrical wire, or cord, like they cut an appliance cord. Oh, wow. And that to tie them up. Totally unprepared. Yeah. And, uh, they had been bludgeoned to, well, Sheila and John were found bludgeoned with a claw hammer and then stabbed multiple times with a steak knife. And this, the force behind it was so strong that the blade of the knife was bent at a 25 degree angle. And, uh, when Sheila first came home and saw it, she thought it was a pocket knife because of the way it was bent, like a pocket knife that had been left partially open or partially closed, I guess. But, um, then Dana, who was John's friend that was staying, he was found to be, uh, manually strangled and then bludgeoned with some other object. Hmm. And there was some, uh, there's, there's a lot of speculation that goes into this, um, there's there's some that theorize that maybe the killers had forced Dana to help them. Uh, and the reason they their people are, are speculating this is because Dana's the the way that he was tied was looser than the other two were tied, and the other two had been stabbed multiple times. He was not stabbed. Um so they think maybe that the killers had had somehow convinced him to help them. Mm-hmm. But through all this, there were the two youngest boys and their son just or and their friend Justin were in their room while all this happened. In the same cabin. Yes. Hmm. And they were left alone. But the the reason I say that uh the the identity of Justin Smart becomes relevant is because one of the main people of interest was Martin Smart who had, he lived uh, in a few, I don't remember exactly what the cabin number was, but he lived a few cabins down from uh, cabin 28. And there, there's a lot of weird stuff that went on with that. Um, he was a person of interest, so he was pulled in. And he had a friend staying with him at the time who uh, was at a VA hospital recovering from PTSD. And their testimony or I shouldn't say testimony, their, their statements that they made with the police 
had a lot of uh, discrepancies and things that were kind of just ignored by the police. Uh, for instance, uh, Martin's wife told the police that they had stopped by uh, the cabin, Sue Sharp's cabin, that night uh, before they went to the bar and they were seeing if she wanted to go with them for another drink. And uh, she declined. They ended up going and apparently Martin Smart got pissed off at the bar about music being too loud or some shit and they left and went back home and then Martin and his friend went out again saying they were going to the bar. But then when they interviewed Martin's friend who was with them at the time, he said that he had never met Sue Sharp, didn't know who she was, never, you know, just went to their house and then went to the bar and that was it. Hmm. Uh, voluntarily, Martin Smart said that uh, his claw hammer had been stolen a couple weeks before the murder, or, or maybe a couple days, I don't know. So a short period of time before the murder, his he said that his hammer was stolen, like which seems weird to mention. Uh, he did take a polygraph test and pass, however. But at one point, he told the police, he, he mentioned something weird, uh, when the investigators asked him if his son, Justin, who was staying there, could have seen something on the night of the murders, Martin mentioned something about him being there without Justin detecting him. But the detectives didn't even follow up on that. That's weird. And, yeah. The whole thing with Martin got really weird because his son was spending the night there and was in the room with the two younger boys and they were both left unharmed. Their sister, however, was taken from her bed and later murdered. Um, there was some evidence that the boys were either awake or had come out at some point after the murders because they found a bloody fingerprint on the outside of, of the door of the door to the bedroom. And the door was, when the police arrived, the door was open a crack rather than, than closed. So I think maybe one or all of the boys may have got up afterwards. Hmm. But uh, the two youngest sons both said that they don't recall anything. They didn't hear anything, but Justin's testimony has changed or his statement has changed over the year. And he went from saying he didn't hear anything to saying he got up afterward and he tried to stop the bleeding over Sue's stomach by covering her with a blanket. And she was found with a blanket over her. Then he later said that he dreamed that murders happened. Um, at one point he said he saw the murderers while they were there. It, it, it's just changed multiple times over the year. And again, it seems weird that he was the son of the person who was a person of interest in the murders. And how old is this kid? Uh, I don't recall how old he was at the time. Hmm. I think 10, okay. maybe. Because I, I, I think her oldest son was 9 or 10. Or her, uh, the oldest of the two younger ones, I should say, was 9 or 10. And, uh, I think he was around the same same age. It, it, I don't know. It just seemed like if if his son was there and he committed the murder, then I could see how or why you know the the boys in that room were left alone. 
it's it was documented that Martin Smart uh, he ended up hiring a therapist, and be, he said the reason for him hiring the therapist was because he was so stressed out for being thought of as the murderer, and it was driving him crazy. Um, but he ended up dying in 2000 and after his death, his therapist came out and said that he admitted to murdering Sue Sharp. And he said the reason he did it was because he thought Sue was trying to get his wife to leave him. Coincidentally, his wife did leave him the day after the murders took place. Oh, wow. And And she said that he was abusive both physically and psychologically, but he would never say who committed the other three murders, but he said he he was not the one that committed the other three murders. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. So he must have had somebody with him. Mm-hmm. But there's, I mean, there's a lot of. It, it seems like all all evidence points to him and his friend committing the murders, but there's still that mystery. Like why why were the police ignoring this testimony? Why you know he he was. There was all these discrepancies that police should have been following up on, and they never did. But uh, it was later revealed that one of the investigators in the case was a close friend of his and had even lived with him for a period of time in the past. Oh, no shit. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know why all the investigators would, would cover it up and not pounce on the... Uh, the discrepancies, but for whatever reason they didn't, and it seems weird. And and to this day, even even after this statement from the therapist, after the bones were found of Tina, there's it's still officially an unsolved murder. And uh, the the police department that that was handling the case to this day still won't talk about the case. They'll ignore any inquiries into the case, and they ignore any offers from outside agencies in assisting with solving it. Oh wow! Yeah, so it seems like the shit runs deep, and it's it it just seems really weird, like the brutality of the killings. You know, I mean, you're stabbing someone multiple times and then beating them to death with a fucking claw hammer. Yeah, that's super excessive. Yeah, it's it doesn't. I don't know. Maybe, maybe these dudes were just really fucked up, and they wanted to. Uh, they just wanted to torture someone. But it, I don't. It just. It really seems weird to me that three people. Well, who who even knows what happened with Tina at the time? But that three people at least were tortured and murdered right outside a room, and it didn't wake any of the other three kids up. And what happened to Tina during while well, all this was happening? Because she was taken from her bed, and there was a small bit of blood found in her bed, but it was just a small amount of blood. They don't think the murder took place in the bed. No, she was probably knocked unconscious there. Could be, yeah. And maybe, maybe if it was uh, this Martin Smart guy, he told his son. Maybe, maybe his son woke up and he told his son to just you know go back to sleep or whatever, and then. Yeah. No kidding. Like it's it's really fucked up, man. But yeah, it sounds like a vagrant, homeless, nineteen eighties serial killer killing with the brutality being that that harsh. Yeah, it Def- just it, there's got to be a reason why the three three boys were left unharmed. Yeah, 
Because and I think it's more, I, I don't think it's as much to do with them not waking up. I don't think that that would really be a relevant factor. If they're, if they're going to these links to torture and murder people, you know. Now, from the start of the story, you've mentioned, you've said that the, the term killers, is that something the police determined or why, why is it believed that there was two people involved? They, for one, because three people were tied up, which is also why they think that there was, that they may have coerced, uh, Dana into helping. But that's, that's just speculation though. They don't know that to be sure. Yeah. And there's, there's a, police sketch of these two guys as well. I don't know what the sketch was based on. If it was just based on people in the area that didn't normally belong in the area or, or what, uh, it, it could just be bullshit, you know? Yeah. There's, there's always, there's always bullshit witnesses that just want attention. So who knows? Now, how but, deep in the woods are these cabins? Like it, it was, it was a, a resort. So there were, several cabins okay. i mean this was cabin 28 but all the cabins were literally feet from each other oh wow and there was only one person that reported hearing a scream and like i said earlier sheila the the oldest daughter was sleeping right next door and she didn't hear anything hmm. and nobody in the in that cabin heard anything damn that is yeah. a weird one Another weird thing about the police investigation was one of the younger boys was telling the police that their sister was missing and she wasn't there and they ignored him. And it wasn't until several hours later that they finally determined that she was missing. No shit. Yeah. Jeez, man. Yeah. The police work seems to be so bad that mm-hmm. it has to be something on with like almost on the inside, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It, it does. Like there's, there's just so many things that, that would be red flags in a typical investigation like this that just weren't seemingly ignored hmm. or just intentionally looked over. You know, it, it doesn't seem like it's like it, it seems I would hate to think that there's a police department that's that bad at their job. <laughs> you know, I mean, I know I know shit can go unnoticed, but when you've got that this type of murder and there's this many red flags that are overlooked that just it screams of a cover-up now how long after the murders did they get this phone call about the 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 missing girl's remains being in a certain location it was about three years later damn three years that's strange dude yeah that's like that's like serial killer shit not like a rage or drunken killing right yeah typically anyway Yeah, that's really fucked up. And he called the police with this information, or did he call like a newspaper? Or... Well, what it, what had happened was a portion of the skull was found, and then months after it was found, an anonymous caller called the sheriff's office and told them that the skull was Tina's. So they looked over the area again, and that's when they found jawbone and some other bones. Damn. Yeah, it's fucked up, man. It's a really, uh, it's a creepy, creepy case, man. And, it, and it's, uh, I don't know. It, it could be, you know, it's, it's one of those things that could be a movie. Yeah, it totally could. And I'm, I'm honestly surprised they never made a movie out of it. I, I guess the, uh, that movie, The Strangers was in part based on this, but it was also based on 
some other stuff as well. Hmm. But it's still really creepy case. And the fact that it went, that it's still to this day considered unsolved is just, it, it's scary that even if it was this, this Martin Smart guy, he died in 2000. That means almost 30 years went by that he, that he got away with this. Yeah, or wasn't investigated any further. Yeah, yeah. And his <laughs> friend also died. I think his friend died in 2004. Hmm. But, um, yeah, they both got away with it for about 30 years if they were the ones. If not, maybe the killer's still out there. Maybe he's done something like this again. Or killers, I should say. Yeah. Hmm. Now, did this Martin Smart die before this phone call came in or after? Yeah, the phone call came in um, in 1984. He died in 2000. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's creepy, too. The fact that whoever did the murder had been, you know, paying attention to this shit. And when he found out that a skull was found, he called in to say who it was. Yeah, how creepy is that? It's really fucking creepy. And who knows if he did it, like, like, oh, shit. They found it, might as well let the cat out of the bag, or if he was doing it to gloat, like, you know, getting off on being able to come that close to the police without being caught. Most likely gloating. Yeah, I'm sure. It's really creepy, though, man. And just, the worst the worst thing, I think, is the fact that that Tina, who was 12 at the time, was taken. You know, I mean, that if they're taken from the scene of a murder... God only knows what, what they endured, you know? Like, yeah. I mean, they tortured the people at the scene of the murder. Why not just kill her there as well? They obviously had something else in mind. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately. Yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, and those kids were just left untouched in their room. Yeah. And if it's a cabin, I mean, it's not exactly like a giant house sized right. living room. You know, they're right, right there. Yeah. And you can't ignore the coincidence of the sun. Of the person of interest. And then in that, um, the son, the young kid that was in the room, he's never come forth and said anything else about this. No, he, well, he's the only one who's had conflicting stories, really. Hmm. You know, the other two said that they slept through it and they didn't hear anything. And then he had all the different stories. Like, I think, mean, I think he had three or four different stories. So who knows? It's a really fucking creepy story, though. And yeah, monsters out there, man. Oh, yeah. There are some terrible fuckers out there. Yeah, yeah. Inhuman, in a way. Yeah. Maybe literally in in the case of your story, huh? Yeah. I love this case because it was described as a a murder that was committed by the devil himself. Oh, man, I hope that's the case. (laughs) Who knows? It's pretty weird, isn't it? It is really weird. So this is called the Hinterkaufig Murders. Hinterkaufig, it's took place in Germany, so I'm going to say everything wrong. Uh, but this took place in 1922, March 31st. There was a farm that was owned by Andreas Guber, or Gruber, sorry. He owned this farm. I don't know, to make this make sense a little bit more, I mean, of course they all, they got murdered. There were six people in the house on the farm that got murdered. There was him, his wife, uh, their daughter lived with them, and their two children, plus a maid. And they were all killed. The maid was killed in her room. And uh, the youngest of the children, a boy named Joseph, was only two. He was killed in his room. 
But after the investigation, it seems that each of these people were led from the house and taken to the barn one by one, by one person, and just executed, which seems very, very weird. You know, again, like your story, not waking anybody up, and all the bedrooms were up a flight of stairs, and someone's got you, and they're marching you through your house, and your wife and kids and grandkids are in the house, you're going to yell to get other people up, but mysteriously they were all led into the barn and executed uh funny enough the dude who owned the farm the andreas dude had mentioned to neighbors that he found a set of footprints a few days before the murders took place that led from like a patch of woods where the end of his farm bunched up against and they led from the woods to his house but there was no set of tracks going back to the woods so he found that strange he said that he heard footsteps coming from his attic and then, uh, again, like three or four days before the murders, the house keys went missing. So this, this is, I mean, obviously this is an intruder. Yeah, it definitely sounds that way. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately for the maid, she was a replacement for, uh, a maid that quit because she said that the house was haunted. But she and wasn't, she wasn't that her first day? <laughs> yeah. She got there about four hours before this happened, I think. Ah, oh, damn. That is some shit luck. Yeah. Man, that's, that's a total bummer. Total <laughs> yeah. bummer. But uh, the neighbors said that they noticed smoke after the date that they said they had been killed. And then when they got there, they apparently nobody saw the, anybody from this family for a while. So neighbors went over to go check it out and found them in the barn like that. And they said that, that all the animals had been fed on the farm. Um, there was meals that were prepared and cooked in the kitchen. So it seems like the killer stayed there for... A few days. <laughs> well, an entire slaughtered family was in the barn. That's fucked up. Man. Yeah, and he even took care of the animals on the farm while he was there. And the neighbors said they saw smoke coming from the chimney. That's why they didn't go over right away. I think it was the following Tuesday, so it was like a, about a week later that they finally went over there to see what was going on because they saw the smoke and said, oh, they're home, and didn't think anything of it. But it's weird to, just to think how that was pulled off just by one person. Escorting everybody out of the house or taking them in a bunch. I mean, shit. Yeah, and that's that's what makes it seem like it's somebody they knew. Probably was. Wasn't there something about the daughter and the parentage of her baby involving yeah. the neighbor and potential incest with her father? <laughs> yeah, they, the the rumor was that her his daughter's son was fathered by him, but that was just what people said around town, I guess. They tried to say it was her husband who committed the murders, but he had died in war, and they had they didn't have document of his death. But when he died, many of his squad told their superiors that he he died in battle. They all saw it. So, but they police said they led an exhaustive investigation, and they couldn't find shit on it. Just a a whole fucking family slaughtered in a barn. They got they were all killed by massive head trauma done by what's called a matlock. I guess it's like a type of pickaxe. Yeah. So that's not easy to do to mm. six people, two of them children. Well, in, in, in defense of the killer, one of them was a baby in a crib. So yeah, he's not really doing much, but yeah, that I don't, I, I've, I've heard all sorts of different theories on who it is. And, and one of them has to do with this guy who was, he wanted to marry the dude's daughter and was 
pissed off because the dude wouldn't let his daughter marry him. And then the rumors of him knocking up his own daughter came around. And Oh, wow. Interesting. And that's why he uh, was thought to have killed the whole family and everybody there. The maid you know, was a witness, so she had to go. But it is weird that the the maid and the child were killed. the The baby were killed in the house. The rest were in the uh, the barn or whatever. It was the barn. Yeah. yeah, in the barn. I found that interesting too. I wonder why they were killed. I, I wonder if he found them first, and they were just the ones who slept the heaviest, and just was able to creep in and smack their head with that thing. But maybe. And yeah, to be able to do that, to bludgeon a two-year-old and a seven-year-old, that's a, I don't know, again, that sounds just like a, a serial killer, not something like rage or a crime of opportunity. Because right. there's plenty of money in the house that was there. I mean, like the police said, this person stayed here for three or four days after he did this, and he didn't take a penny from the house. Which, yeah. if, if they said if he was living in that house like he was, he would have found this money easily. It was like in the kitchen, and he didn't take shit. Yeah, there was just food eaten. And it's, it's so weird that they stayed and took care of the animals. Yeah, isn't that strange? Very. I don't want them to be hungry. Yeah, it just, it, cause I mean, really, you think of most serial killers as being like a sociopath, you know, where they, they don't give a shit. They'll, they'll just kill for the sake of killing. Like, why would they care for animals after, after that? Mm hmm. It, it, there's just there's so much shit that doesn't add up with this case as well. It's so weird. Yeah, if he didn't take money, why wouldn't he kill an animal and take some meat with him at least? Yeah, take food with him. No, he just sat there and ate with dead people in the house and in the barn. Yeah, that's pretty rough for 1922. No, you you had mentioned that that it's thought that the devil did it. What's what's the story with that? They just say that it lured them. It was able to lure them all in their sleep one by one, just the way that what the investigation revealed. It doesn't seem likely that you can get four people to follow you all at once <laughs> down a flight of stairs outside and into a barn. The The weapon seems very unprepared. It was probably just in the barn. Yeah, it does seem likely. So he wasn't threatening anybody with a gun or anything. But he just took them out of the house one by one, and they said that's you know, almost impossible to do. So it must have been the devil who had lulled them and, and put them in a trance or something like that. Yeah. There is that that's... picture from the crime scene I'll put in the show notes. Which one? Uh, it's just got a body on a pile of hay. Oh, yeah. Black and white. Oh, yeah, because yeah, he covered up the bodies Yeah, with hay bales. Like he was trying to hide it for some reason. He wanted to stay there longer and <laughs> eat more shit. Yeah, maybe maybe that was his way to uh, try to cover up the smell. <laughs> yeah, I'll just throw some hay at it. That'll work with uh, yeah, four people's bodies. The poor little girl, they said that she didn't die right away. She was pretty much hit and went into shock and had to get, watch her grandpa and grandma and her mother get slaughtered. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, and they said they found her with tufts of her own hair in her hand. She was pulling her hair out. Oh, After God. the killer left, just sitting there looking at her family's heads caved in and shit. That's pretty rough. Yeah. Fuck, man. Yeah, that's that's beyond fucked. It just seems like more brutal than normal killers. Even the worst of the worst killers. Not because of their big numbers or anything, but it's always organized. It's always planned. It's always thought out. 
They yeah, weren't. like serial killers, they'll they'll plan their whole thing. You know, it's, mm-hmm. that's almost part of it. Yeah, these these seem both of these cases seem like it was kind of improvised. Yeah, I want to I want to know how long this person supposedly walked from the woods and went into the, live in their attic was there because they're, they're saying that the maid left that the one that got killed it was was a replacement and the original maid left because she said that place was haunted. I wonder if she was hearing that dude move around upstairs. But I don't know. Don't you think they would have fucking checked if it lasted that long? Yeah, I would think so as well. I don't know. That's they're weird. on a farm. They're, they're armed. Yeah. They can guarantee they're armed. I mean, at the very least, you've got heavy-duty farm equipment. You could beat somebody. Well, obviously, they, they were all murdered with it. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's a good point, though. Maybe he just went in at night and did lead them all into the fucking barn one by one with a shotgun that he stole from their gun cabinet. Who knows? Yeah, it could also be a possibility. I don't recall seeing anything about weapons. No, yeah, there were no weapons. If they, if they had weapons there, and I'm pretty sure they did being a farm, I'm sure they would have checked the fucking attic if they lost the, that employment of the help there because they <laughs> were hearing so much weird shit in the house. I'm sure they would have taken a lantern and a, a shotgun into the attic and looked. They should have found something, but I, it almost seems like they never did. They never looked in the attic. They would have found what this dude was sleeping on, you know, whatever waste and trash he produced. So maybe they never did look. Maybe he was just too frail of an old man. That's true. I don't know. I don't I don't recall reading anything about his uh his health state, so I can't comment on that. That's purely speculation on my part. Yeah. He was sixty three, so who knows? There he didn't have a son there, so his wife was even older than him. She was seventy two. And their daughter was 35, but I don't think you would send her ass up there to go look. Yeah, right. Who knows what, I mean, there's, maybe, maybe it was an evil spirit. Maybe there was a haunting. Yeah, maybe, maybe the evil spirit is what did it. Or maybe it was the old maid. (laughs) Maybe, (laughs) maybe she knew about the incest that was going on. Or maybe she was, uh, getting hit on by the dude and got sick of it. Maybe. Maybe he convinced her to leave for a more uh, favorable excuse than your husband's playing grab-ass with me. Yeah. She just pretended to be superstitious and cut out. And then came back to Moida. (laughs) Dude, I wanted to ask you, have you heard about this The Watcher letters shit? No. You haven't heard about this at all? I don't believe so. Tell me about it. This is weird, dude. Okay, this is happening in New Jersey. It apparently happened a couple of years ago, but because of a court case, the, uh, some documents were made public. But, uh, in Westfield, New Jersey, a family called the Boradudas family bought a $1.3 million home. And, uh, two days after they bought the house, they hadn't even moved in yet. They were just going there to check on stuff and get ready to move in. They received letters, uh, signed by somebody called the Watcher. And they were just these weird, fucked up kind of letters. And uh, they're they're suing the people who sold the house to them because apparently they were getting letters from the Watcher for years and didn't tell this new family about it. That's why they sold it. Hmm. Yeah, so apparently these letters are talking about shit. Like uh, he says, uh, let the young blood play again like I once did. Stop changing it and let it alone. Um, What else did he say? He said that his grandpa watched the house in the 20s and his dad watched the house in the 60s and now it's his turn. 
He's been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. And told him that... Uh, it's... It's, yeah. it's second coming? Yeah, the house is second coming. Wow, that's so scary. Isn't that crazy? And he asked to bring uh, young blood into the house. And that they had kid children. And then he sent them letters after the kid showed up that... Uh, uh, did you did you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. Have you found out what's in the walls yet? In time they will. I am pleased to know your names now and the names of the young blood you have brought me. Will the young bloods play in the basement? Who has the bedroom facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. Who am I? I am the watcher. So they're suing the the people who sold them the house for these creepy fucking letters. Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't blame them. That's fucking scary. Isn't that scary? But I don't yeah. know. It seems fishy to me. When I was doing a, a brief brush up on the, what's come out with this, they just released that they have found female DNA on the letters that are coming from the watcher. So, who knows what that means, but in 2015, you can't find out who's sending a fucking letter to this place? You gotta be fucking kidding me. Well, if they put a fake return address. Yeah, but those things are getting stamped in from fucking certain post offices and sent to houses. Those yeah, but that doesn't have... mean anything. They could they could have went across the state to mail these letters. That's true. Or even if, even if they did mail it locally, I mean, then you'd have to look at everybody in the area. Everyone would be a potential suspect. What do you think about the idea that it's the dude who just bought the house doing this shit? Or continue doing this shit, mentioning what's in the walls? Isn't that going to prompt tearing down the walls and make the house unlivable? So he can maybe, his- maybe, but I don't know. I don't know, but, but if it was happening for, I, I guess, 10 years for the family who lived there before. So it's always happened, pretty much. Someone's writing these creepy-ass fucking letters about children blood and young blood. and kind of want to move in. Yeah. See what goes on. They say, they state in one letter that they used to live there. And he doesn't want them to change it and they're, they're too rich. They're too fancy for the house or whatever. But that's just a weird fucking case. That's going to turn into like one of those creepy murders like we were talking about. Yeah. So this, is this an ongoing thing? I don't know if they've gotten and what the most recent letters are, but this, they, they were getting the letters. It was, I think it was, they bought the house in June 2nd, on June 2nd, 2014. And two days after they bought the house, they went to the house to get the mail and start setting up. And they already had a letter from the watcher. They, they never got to move in. They just brought their children there trying to check it out. You know, just try to ignore the letters for a few weeks and just trying to move into this $1.3 million house they just bought. And then he started talking about their kids and they're like, ah, fuck this. <laughs> We're out. Yeah, that's. That's unnerving, to say the least. Yeah. Especially if you have kids, man. Yeah, totally. They describe the house. He says, the windows in your house and your doors allow me to see where you guys are. I can track you in your house. Man. <laughs> yeah. That seriously, that sounds like a, like one of those really awesome creepypastas. Yeah, it does. But this has been on plenty of news websites and news channels. There's news reports you can look up on YouTube. I'll try to put a couple in the show notes. But somebody's actually doing that in this day and age, and it fucking worked. He spooked them right out of that fucking house. Well, yeah, I mean, if you've got kids and someone's talking about young blood and creepy <laughs> shit in the walls, get the fuck out of there. Holy shit. Yeah, fuck all that. 
But what an interesting story to, to come across. Like, holy shit, someone's writing these creepy serial killer letters. Yeah. I am the Watcher. I, almost, I laughed a lot when I read about that the Watcher story. I just never thought I'd see anything like that. Not this day and age. I think people would be like, I'm not going to write a fucking letter and send it. Those stamps take pictures of your fingerprints when you put it in the mailbox or some shit like that. Yeah, and, and it is kind of just... If it is a prank, just thinking about the uh, the lengths they went to to keep it up for over ten fucking years. No kidding. They've got to be like a neighbor. They got to be across the street. Let's go. Let's knock on the door. See if they own telescopes. Yeah, for real. But it's just scary that someone would go to those lengths if, even if they weren't being, even if it wasn't like you know what they were what they were writing in the letters. If it was just a prank. That's just scary in and of itself that someone would continue to manually write letters for 10 fucking years just to freak people out. Like, yeah. what kind of individual is that? A bored old person, dude. I guess <laughs> a bored old person, maybe. but Who's fuck. a total asshole. I mean, what do you think about the the female DNA they found on it? Do you think this is a fucking crazy cat lady, or do you think this oh. is a fucking psychopath? Or, or maybe it's just a red herring. Yeah. But maybe... Maybe it's like a witch cult or something. Maybe. Like like from fucking uh, paranormal activity. <laughs> I don't know. That That is weird. Because usually when you hear shit like this, I don't know why, but my mind always goes to it's a dude. But to, oh, have, yeah. to have female DNA on it. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it's not a dude. Maybe it's a... Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it is just a crazy cat lady. Yeah. Just but I think you'd find, find a cat hair or two in there if that was the case. <laughs> a very careful crazy cat lady. Yes, a very careful and sanitary. She watches law and order, dude. She knows what she's doing. <laughs> my cats will give it away. I can't let my cats near my letter writing station. <laughs> crazy cat lady. Oh, God. Writing your letters, being all creepy and shit. It's probably that fucking... Someone like, you know, the crazy cat lady from The Simpsons? Yeah. That's probably something like that. Exactly like that. <laughs> uh, I hope that's the case. But I think that would, that would probably, I, I, I like to talk about being, uh, not being afraid of paranormal shit, but if somebody's writing letters about the inside of my house and talking about my kids being young blood, I'm getting the fuck out of Dodge, man. Yeah, I would too, for sure. I wouldn't do it out of fear. I would love if I would be able to write them back or just put a mail, like a letter in my mailbox to see if somebody come gets it. I just write, fuck yourself and see what they write back. Like, <laughs> what are they going to do? Like, provoke them as hard as I can before I get out of there. Yeah. I would just draw dicks on the walls and leave. <laughs> yeah. Just send the person dick pics back. <laughs> Take the coldest can I shower you can. Address? I would like to send you some pictures of my balls. <laughs> Take the coldest shower you can. <laughs> Shave down there. Here's my baby dick. <laughs> I hope you like it. Please come by, watcher. I got something for you to watch for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man. That would be fun. Yeah. I don't know if I'd really want to provoke somebody that's that fucked up. <laughs> yeah, who knows, dude? It, I mean, it reminded me of the Zodiac Killer letters, to be honest. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> Except without, without uh, you know, murders to go along with them. Yeah, exactly. He acted on his shit. That's another but crazy who knows? Maybe they did, and we just don't know about it. 
Oh yeah. I wonder if the neighbors, like the previous, previous neighbors or, or, uh, owners of the house, why they left. I wonder if they were getting letters back in the sixties, like this dude saying in the twenties and thirties. Maybe, maybe there's, maybe in the walls, there's a portal. <laughs> the second coming of whatever it is will be coming through. And if there's children in the house, that it'll eat them or something. Or maybe kids are the way to get it to come through. Maybe it's a spirit that'll inhabit the body of a child. It's it. Yeah, maybe it's it. God, that's what it kind of feels like. I, like It makes me think of the movie. Like It, it talks like it did. A little bit. I wonder. And if and if it goes through uh, the decades, like remember the, when they were looking through the book of of old history of the city, and they and they saw pictures of Pennywise, yeah, dating back decades. Like, what if that's the case? What if it is? That's crazy. Oh. You see, somebody needs to do. Why have all the fucking shitty fucking paranormal TV shows there are, and nobody's done a special episode to where they go X-ray the walls of that house? Really? Come on. Yeah. That's kind of what makes me think, like, like, is this really a fucking real story? Yeah, because if, like, if it's just some stupid asshole. Getting all these asshole, letters, how are you not going to check the walls? Yeah, exactly. But being, like, a stupid asshole, that would I would write something like that, too. If I wanted to do something fucked up to whoever's living at that house, I'd make them tear up their walls and just sit back and laugh about that. They'd find nothing. But that would just be fucking something to do to, like, a new homeowner. Maybe it's a pissed-off real estate agent. That's that's a funny thought. <laughs> Pissed off real estate agent. He couldn't sell the house. I didn't in the get 20s. my commission, motherfuckers. <laughs> now everyone's gonna pay. <laughs> Whoever lives there throughout history, while telling his son, "You gotta send these letters to these cocks. They're assholes." Instructions in his will. <laughs> yeah. Please continue writing letters to this address. Threatening vaguely of an ancient evil that will eat their children. You must refer to yourself as the Watcher. And you must watch. <laughs> yeah. That, that'd be a, that'd be an interesting, uh, reading. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yes, please, please come, come in. We're, we're gonna be reading the will. Alright, yes, uh, John, it says here that you are <laughs> to write letters on a regular basis to this address. Vaguely threatening them and making references to a second coming of quote unquote it. <laughs> you will also refer to yourself as the watcher and claim to be watching. Or you don't get that shit. <laughs> if at any point in time you do not follow through, your inheritance will be revoked and it will be given to your bitch sister. <laughs> oh, god damn it. I hate Susie. Fine. I'll write the fucking letters. <laughs> Or if he feels really bad about it and cries while he holds the letter before he sends it. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't do it and, and Susie took over and that's why there's the female DNA. Yeah, Susie's like, fuck that, you can have the money. I want to antagonize these people for the rest of yeah. their lives. Susie's real, she's, she's fucking relentless. Smart she's Susie, you know the true bitch. Yeah, you know the true reward. See you in hell, Susie. See you in hell, Susie. <laughs> <laughs> Find the Wattcast on Twitter at the Wattcast. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All show notes, photos, links, and more can be found at thewattcasters.com. 
thank you for listening everyone. Have a great week. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.